Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction, as always, and to our guy Mike Regina with the great intro music. So let's get right into it. Let me welcome in everyone's favorite, JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I'm doing good. You still salty? You bet. You spent a whole hour before this show bashing me about trades that I made with other people in fantasy instead of making with you. So I don't know. Are you okay to do this show? You seem a little salty. I'm looking at your face right now. You look really pissed off. You know, JT's talking about fantasy basketball, and you know, no one wants to hear about fantasy basketball. From no, they, but they so do let, want to let's hear get how into salty it. you are. I'm not salty. We, you are we a salty had, person. We had if it if it doesn't benefit you, you get upset. We had Just our look at your face. We we had our production <laughs> meeting, and we're on to the we're on to the episode. Oh, the we're, on, we're on to Literally. Cincinnati. So speaking of Cincinnati, JT, let's recap the Super Wild Card weekend. And before we get to the what could be the best weekend in all of football, the divisional playoff round. So. Speaking of Cincinnati, Raider, Raiders, Bengals, the Raiders lost 26-19 to the Bengals, but it was the spike by Derek Carr with about 30 seconds left inside the Bengals 10-yard line that has brought a lot of criticism to him, JT. So did you think he did the right thing? It's kind of hard to play Monday morning quarterback, especially in that situation you're driving down the field to get back in the game and, you know, maybe they just didn't have a play call, but I'm just going to go with me watching the game in the moment, I really thought they had the Bengals on their heels, which is why they drove down there the way they did. So I'm like, hey, look, you have them on their heels. Like, take a shot at the end zone. Like, you got two guys out there that I think are really good in this situation. Hunter Renfro, who's uncoverable. And then, dare I say, Zay Jones was a good contested. You know, I would say Renfro looked coverable uh, by Hilton there on those last three plays. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ask Jalen Ramsey. It's a different situation. But I mean, nonetheless, I mean, you got two guys that I or Waller, three guys that I trust down there in that situation. I think your options are really open with the Bengals defense on their heels. So I'm really shocked they didn't take a shot to the end zone because if they miss it, it's the same as a spike. But at least you took an opportunity to score. So I'm going to go with. Yeah, I do think he messed up in that situation. See, I thought he did the right thing because in all honesty, JT, if they would have had one more play, I don't think it was going to matter. You kind of just said it. The Like they weren't going to score based on those other three plays that I saw in the way they were really not very efficient in the red zone all night. Like I don't think it was going to matter because I thought the play calling was horrendous. On those last three plays, did they try to get the ball to Waller? Hold up, time out. So I just want everyone to know he just basically said, "Don't bring back Basaccia. That's supposed to be your boy. You're throwing, but the he's not the OC. Us. He's not the OC. If he's the, the head guy. coach, but no, but if 
No, it's different when the OC is calling a pass play when the other team has no timeouts left, you have a lead, and you just need to take a knee. That's that's where the head coach steps in. But the head coach is not calling specific plays. That's why you have an OC. If if you're the head coach and you're not the play caller, you got to trust the OC. So the fact that the OC was not trying to dial at least one of those last three for Waller, to me, I thought the spike was good because under 30 seconds, JT, if you run a play there, you're going to burn another seven to eight seconds calling the play at the line, snapping the ball. Now you're down to 22. If you happen, like 22 seconds, if you happen to complete the pass and it's not out of bounds or in the end zone, the clock is running. Now you don't even get the fourth down because you'll be lucky to get one more playoff. So I thought the spike was good. You've got second and goal inside the 10. You kind of get a chance to regroup. No one needs to rush. No one needs to be offside. No one needs to be, you know, setting up illegal formation. I thought it was great by Carr. If it ends up working, everyone's praising the guy. Now, people who did not get praised, JT, were the refs. Earlier in that game, the officials blew the whistle early on a Bengals touchdown because they thought Burrow had stepped out of bounds prior to his pass. However, the officials then allowed the touchdown to stand even though he was in bounds, but the whistle came before the play finished. So did you have an, did you have any issue with what the officials did in that particular situation? First of all, any question we have about the refs and, you know, did they do their job well or not last weekend? You don't even need to speak because I'm going to just pull up all the text messages you sent me. This I have never seen you bitch about something more in my life. Bro, it was atrocious. You got to admit, no, it was atrocious for a playoff literally, game. Literally, literally, if I had a missed text and I didn't see it and all I saw was your name, I, I was like, I know it's going to be about the refs. He's not going to ask me how I'm doing. Am I alive? Like, what's up? It's literally for him to complain about the refs. But I do agree with you in this particular situation. Like, I don't understand. The whistle gets blown. The play is dead. And we have all these opportunities in the NFL to review, to overturn things, to go back if things are incorrect. Because didn't in this game, um, they did that with like a timeout. Like uh, they, the guy called the timeout, got burned. And then they're like, oh, well, he called the timeout before the play, before the guy caught the ball. I think uh, Jamar Chase caught a ball down the mm-hmm. field. And they were like, oh, he called a timeout like right before the ball was snapped. So if you can go back and overturn that play, like you damn sure can go back and say like, hey, we blew the whistle. We're going to confirm we blew the whistle. Therefore, the play is dead. Like, I just don't understand why they didn't even try to correct this. This was one of the easier things they could have done. Yeah, like they got it wrong on both ends. He didn't step out. So you blew the whistle early. And then by rule, the play, like you were saying, the play is over when the whistle blows. And I don't care even if it was an actual touchdown. The rule is, hey, the play is over. So like, I've got a huge issue. You bent the rules even to get it right, but you bent the rules. So like, what's next? Like the the rules for the betters. (laughs) Like you could have went back. The officials in the tuck rule game could have said, you know what? It, it looks like an actual fumble. Forget the tuck rule, but you can't do do that. And they blow the whistle too soon. Like it is what it is. They don't have to say like, well, all right, we were right. wrong. You get a you get a running head start. Let's see if you can make it to the end zone. Like, exactly. That never happens. No, no. Like the rule is the rule for a reason, unfortunately. And you've got to call that. If not, then wh- when do you stop uh, bending the rules? Standard is the standard. So the 49ers-Cowboys game, JT, probably maybe the best one of the day or at least the fourth quarter of, of the weekend. Uh, the Cowboys lost a heartbreaker to the 49ers, 23 
17. Can the Cowboys, JT, win a Super Bowl with this core, the core of players, under Mike McCarthy? Hell no. <laughs> it, the, the fact that he's being rumored to, to be staying as the coach is ridiculous. Like, if I were a Dallas Cowboy, one of those guys in that prime core, I'd be pissed off. Like, you're wasting the prime of our careers on the guy that you know is – like the definition of mediocrity or like he's known for not getting talented groups of players over the hump. So until they get somebody in there, like I said, when they hired him, who knows what the hell they're doing in today's NFL, then I'm just not going to have any faith that he's going to be the guy to lead them to a championship. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I don't know. You made one Super Bowl appearance with Aaron Rodgers. with Aaron that Rodgers. was 2010. That was and a long it, time that, ago. That was a long time. It was over a decade ago in this Cowboys team. You said that like, this Cowboys team has talent. So it's not like all of a sudden Mike McCarthy came in and totally turned it around. Yes, has their record improved? Sure. But that was naturally going to happen with the additions they made and with Dak, you know, becoming more. Yeah, getting better. C.D. Lamb coming in. Cooper, you know, more experienced. Dallas Schultz. I, I mean, it was naturally going to happen. And Jerry Jones said it himself. The team wasn't prepared. And that is your job, especially in the NFL, in, in you being a veteran coach. That is your job for the playoffs. Get your team prepared and ready. And they weren't for the first three quarters. Unless, unless he was talking about himself because Jerry Jones is the real coach of the Cowboys. <laughs> He's saying, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. He's not talking about Mike McCarthy. I don't know. In I that he, case, I, I get it. No, if if I, that's the case, which a lot of people usually think Jerry's the guy that coaches nah, the team, then nah. Mike McCarthy ain't going nowhere. Nah, Mike McCarthy, he definitely meant Mike McCarthy. Man, and, and Mike, I, McCarthy, I, Mike McCarthy, he's not challenging Jerry Jones. He's like, hey, win or lose, I get to go to my hot tub and I don't get blamed for it. I'll give you this stat before we move on to the next game. McCarthy, Mike McCarthy in his career is 10 and 8 in the playoffs. He won four of those 10, JT. 40% of his playoff victories all came in 2010, as you mentioned, the Super Bowl. He has zero playoff wins. Now, he's been out of the league for a couple of years. He has zero playoff wins since 2016. Bro, it's been six years. Like, I'll do you one even better. Before this year, he had three losing seasons as a coach. Like, come on. <laughs> History shows, no, he cannot get you over this hump. Yeah. All right, so... The first ever Monday night playoff game, Cardinals at the Rams, took place. And Odell Beckham had four catches for 54 yards and a touchdown. He has had six touchdowns, JT, in the past eight games. For Ooh. a guy that was kind of forgotten about. Everybody that, thought he was washed. That, yep. that was the word on the street. He was washed. He was done. Yep. I mean, so that's pretty good. But is OBJ's success a bad look for Baker Mayfield? Oh, extremely. And you kind of already alluded to it. He has, what, six touchdowns in eight games compared to eight in 27 games with Baker Mayfield. So right then and there, you see it's making Baker look bad. And then he's doing all this in L.A. Brand new. I'm pretty sure he doesn't know McVay's system as well as guys that have been there the whole year. And he's doing this. And I'm assuming that he is still as banged up and washed up as everybody made him seem like he was when he was in Cleveland just a few months ago. So what changed? Like, was he, was is all of a sudden, is he not hurt now? Is he not washed up? Like, what's the difference? The difference is he finally has a coach and a quarterback who know what the hell they're doing. And I'm watching OBJ post Cleveland. And it's so bad for Baker Mayfield that one, if I'm the Browns, there's no way I extend him just based on what OBJ is doing in LA. And then also if, 
he were to hit free agency, if I were a GM, there's no way I would give Baker a starter salary just based on what OBJ has done getting away from him. And you can see it, how the Browns players are like responding and they're happy for OBJ. They're like, ah, you got out of jail. It's not, it wasn't you. It's, it's Baker in the play calling. But so JT, are you finally admitting, are you finally with me that McVay and Stafford are a great combination? Cause you just, you just gave them props right there. Boy, you, you know what? You'll, you'll stretch anything to fit your little, to, to seem right, to fit a narrative. What I said was, McVeigh and Stafford are better than Stefanski and Baker. Yes, absolutely. So I don't think this is so much a bad look for Baker as it is for Stefanski, JT. Like, Baker won a playoff game without OBJ. Like, he took the Chiefs to the end, and who knows what happens if Cleveland can stop him on fourth and one and Baker gets the ball back at midfield against Kansas City last year. Who knows? Could be a whole different career arc for um, Baker. This is the thing. It falls on Stefanski. We saw him do it in Minnesota. He had weapons galore in Minnesota. And we always looked at Kirk Cousins and Thielen's fantasy stats and we're like, why is he not using these guys? Why is he not using Stefan Diggs? Like, Most head-scratching thing from Stefanski in, in Minnesota, I think what uh, Diggs and Thielen were averaging like four or less catches a game. Like, that's crazy. And, and so that is it. It's not Baker. Beckham, Odell Beckham, maybe in his mind, was looking at Stefanski. Hey, I'm not part of this offense. I have the skills. You need to spotlight me. And Stefanski wasn't doing it. It doesn't fall on Baker. So this is the three questions I have for Stefanski. And this is really for Browns fans. If this is the guy you want as head coach leading you forward, did he fail at leadership? Like his leadership to lead Odell Beckham out of town? Is he good at, you know, adapting scheme and philosophy to match the talent, which he didn't do with Odell? So he drove him out. He didn't match the talent with the scheme. And then can you find ways to get your super talented skill players, which Beckham's showing he still got some of that, the ball in space or in a mismatch, you know, in a one-on-one mismatch? Mm -hmm. He didn't do that for Odell Beckham either in Cleveland. And you're saying McVay does that for him. So I think this is a terrible look for Stefanski moving forward with the Browns organization. Can we both be right? Because I do. I I, Absolutely. We talked about this before. I think Stefanski deserves a share of the blame as well for not just Baker struggles, but like you said, not incorporating OBJ into the offense and, you know, at least making him a focal point in the passing game. If I were Cleveland, I know I'm a little bit off topic. I'd be really nervous. Let's say they move on from Baker. I'd be really nervous to have Stefanski get his hands on whoever the next person I tab as my franchise quarterback in Cleveland, because even if it's not his fault per se, and like, let's say Baker is really not that good. Do you really say that you trust Stefanski to develop a quarterback? Like to me, if you can't do that as a coach and you're supposed to be a guy that's known for offense, then I really can't trust you. You know what I mean? It'd be different if he was a defensive guy and it's like, all right, cool. We can bring in an OC. They can be developing the quarterback, but Stefanski's an offensive guy. And that just, that's developed the quarterbacks and I don't trust him. That's exactly my point. So I think we could be right. I I'm just going to put the blame a little bit more on Stefanski. All right. We're going to see. All right. So sticking with the Rams Cardinals, let's look at the Cardinals. Now, is it time to worry about your guy, Cliff Kingsbury? bro it's been time (laughs) funny thing is this is what we were worried about when he got that job 
with a losing record at Texas Tech. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, this is what he did in college. Like, he lost games with elite quarterback talent. Like, that's the book on Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. Like, he had five and six six win seasons with Patrick Mahomes against Big 12 defenses. Like, think about that. That's insane. So I think the biggest issues to me why you need to start worrying about him is, one, it's pretty clear that he doesn't make adjustments well. And not just in-game adjustments, but, like, as the season goes on adjustments. Like, you notice it's the same thing every year. They start off hot, and then something happens, and then Kyler Murray just regresses into a shell at the end of the season. This is the third time he's done that. So that's got to be on the coach at some point. And then also I think his offensive philosophy and scheme just doesn't get it done at the highest level in the NFL consistently. Like all that vertical passing, I mean, the horizontal passing and things like that, where everything's sideline to sideline, you got to line up and either run it down somebody's throat or you got to throw it down the field. And I don't think his offense does that, which is why at Texas Tech, he struggled in the red zone. Like between the 20s, they're good. Get into the red zone, they struggle. Where have they struggled in the NFL the most? The red zone. And I think you can't run the ball. Your offense is not producing points in the red zone. Like that's a recipe for for disaster. And you got to look at the coach as the reason to why that's happening. So yeah. No, no, I'm saying like, if I were the Cardinals, I I know he's like the the sexy pick, whatever. He knows offense. He's McVay's boy with the hair. Like I would seriously consider like looking at a replacement option. Yeah. With the horizontal game in the NFL, guys are too fast in the NFL. They'll eventually close that down. I mean, so you were talking about his Texas tech days. He in six seasons there, 35 and 40. He was eight and five his first year there. So he's basically what 27 and 35 the rest of the way in the next five seasons. That's not very good. And, and you saw got handed a franchise quarterback in a number one pick. And you saw he, he's now 24, 24, and one in Arizona. Maybe that's what he is, a 500 coach that can get to the playoffs every once in a while. Now, granted, the record's trending up, so that's in his favor. But what's not but in his team favor is trending up, though. Right. What's not in his favor when D Hop wasn't out there. You're an offensive guy. You always say this: Hey, if the head coach is this certain, whether defense or offense, that part of your team better be rock solid. Well, guess what? Without D Hop, the offense went in the tank. And you're an offensive coach, Cliff Kingsbury. Like they fell apart. You didn't help Kyler when he needed it most in the playoffs. You didn't scheme things open. You didn't seem to have any sort of game plan for Kyler to help him out. If James Conner couldn't suck it up with the broken ribs, like they had no plan. Yeah. Like they had 40 yards in the first half. That's 40 insane. yards in the first half. This is the playoffs. Let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, just came to me. I legit don't know the answer to this because you brought up a good point with D hop being out. Obviously he's a major part of what they do, but I look at those other receivers on that team. Like they either are supposed to be good or they got like high draft pedigrees. Like is Christian Kirk a good receiver? Yes or no? Because next man up, he should be getting all the looks and balling out. Like same thing. Like, I don't even know is Andy Isabella on the team still. He was supposed to be good. Rondell most more supposed to be this good player, but he's just getting all his catches behind the line of scrimmage. Like, is it, the guys they're drafting aren't good, or is it that just D hop so elite, he's just outplaying bad schemes? See, but that's my thing. Like, and and I have those names written down, so I'll go to it right now. Like, teams have they have collapsed at the end, right? They're known for two things: they collapse at the end of this at the second half of the season, and they're known as a soft team, right? So he hasn't been able to fix that in three years. That's his. That's what he's known at that. Like 
they know that. They that's why pretty. I think. That's why I think you you don't need to fire him, but you got to start looking at it because if not, he's got to learn. Just because Diop was out, you have got your offensive guy. You have got to learn how to utilize. Just the way the, how to adjust. Just the way the 49ers did with Debo. Like you've got to learn how to adjust and utilize Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, Chase Edmonds. Where was any of that creativity Monday night? Nowhere. And that falls on Kingsbury. So again, I don't think they should fire him, but but I think it is to answer the question, it is definitely time to start to worry, like, hey. Did, do we not have our coach? I'm on record saying I think they should fire him, but All right, we'll, we'll see what happens. I never like to see that, but I do think it's time for them to start to worry. All right, one more game we'll cover from the Super Wild Card weekend because we don't really want to talk about my Steelers um, losing to the Chiefs. So the Buffalo Bills won easily against their division foe, New England, 47-14, JT. But your guy, your keeper, and my keeper in the fantasy football leagues were in Josh Allen was 21 of 25 for 308 yards and five touchdowns. So is Josh Allen the best remaining player left in the playoffs? I hate this question because there's two. You came up with it. You came up with this question in the production meeting we just had. There's two legit MVPs still in the, in the playoffs. And you got Joe Burrow, who's, you know, Becoming a superstar right before eyes, and even with that being said, I got I think Josh Allen might be the best one. Ooh. Like nobody in the playoffs has this combination of size, arm talent, and just athletic ability. Like this is I hate to admit this, I feel like Josh Allen is what everybody hoped Cam Newton would be. Like at his peak, like this is what he is, and it's it's unreal. I, I know they played the Patriots, and they're not what they once were, but like let's be real. Like, Josh Allen is a unicorn, and I feel like he knows he is right now, and he's playing like it. Like, it's dangerous. Like, I wouldn't want to play them. I was a little skeptical about the Bills, but just seeing Josh Allen in the playoffs again this year, like, who's better than him? Like, name a quarterback that you would want other than him right now, like, in any situation. Like, not with with a loaded team, without a loaded team. Like, I love Tom Brady, but, like, I can't put him in every situation right now at this stage of his career, and I expect him to win. Like. I think Josh Allen could put a bad team, a really bad team on his back in the playoffs and win a game. And that's why I think he's the best player left. So he, he might be, I'm not going to say yes. He might be, he's in the conversation, but you mentioned, wait, there's two other MVPs left. There's two guys that are in the MVP race ahead of him right now. Oh, like that's, oh, reg- okay, that's regular okay. season. Cause like you Brady, realize Brady and Rogers, you realize there's three former MVPs still in the playoffs though. Right. That you, you you probably don't. You can't think of the third. Anyway, you're forgetting guys named Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and I'll do you another one, Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald might be the best player remaining, but but I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Pull up the stats. Josh Allen, 4,400 passing yards, 36 touchdowns, 15 picks. Patrick Mahomes, for all the heat he took, how he's kind of, you know, disregarding turnovers and this and that. Patrick Mahomes. 4,800 passing yards, 37 touchdowns, only 13 interceptions. And JT, this guy's the most explosive guy on the field. He's former MVP, former Super Bowl champs, been the back-to-back. His offense is more explosive. He is not the most explosive guy on the field. Oh, he isn't? Hold on a second. In 10 minutes, 30 
With a no, dad bod speed? No, no, just explosive. What he can do with his arm, how he can run the offense. You don't, so you don't. So, so you who you think got more better, more arm talent, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Like, if you put Josh Allen in Andy Reid's system, like, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know because I'll tell you, you know what. What's happen. No, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean he's going to win. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to win. He threw five touchdowns, and Patrick Mahomes did in ten minutes thirty-one seconds. He annihilated the record. The record was by Tom Brady in 2011. Took him 25 minutes. He did it in literally less than half the time it took Tom Brady. You don't think well, that's explosive? Half a defense. So what do you expect? Oh, like New England was playing any better that night? Hey, I trust Belichick more than uh, it's, it's but still, it's the guys on the field. They couldn't do anything against. I mean, listen. You can say what you want about so, the talent on, around on, him. You're, Buffalo you're, has you're, talented you're, you're guys. Patrick Mahomes, so that's, he's, that's your he's, best remaining he's guy. He's the best remaining guy in, in the playoffs. All right, Patrick I see what it is. It's a recency bias. He just beat the shit out of you guys. So, of course, he's the best. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> All right, can All right. we go to the divisional round? Let's do it. All right, so let's go to the preview. So, uh, like you said, I do think this is the most exciting uh, round of the playoffs. But uh, who do you think will surprise you come the end of this weekend? That's so not so much surprise me, but I think surprise the NFL is going to be Matthew Stafford in the Rams. I think they pulled the upset. So it's a little bit of giving away the weekend predictions a little bit, but McVay and the Rams, I think this is their time to beat Tom Brady and the Bucs. I think the Bucs are ripe for that upset and Stafford's going to have a clean game, which people don't think he can do. So he's not going to lose it for them. He's going to have a clean game. Jake Long, Matt Stafford's not going to show up. <laughs> they finally win a road playoff game, and the Rams' defense steps up, is able to contain Brady because they are missing weapons. Wirfs has a high ankle sprain, so even if he plays, it's JT, severely limited. Vaughn Miller's coming after him. That's going to be hard for him to contain Vaughn Miller. No Fournette. Fournette is definitely already out. I've said it before. Chris Godwin, their best receiver, he is done. I mean, Gronk and Mike Evans can only do so much. Uh, Vaughn, the running back, he looked okay against Philly, but yeah, he he didn't he, look he looked explosive at all. Exactly. I see why they don't have him in the game plan. Exactly, you've got no running game. I'm sorry to say, you've got you can have you've got a great offensive line, but it's only going to get you so far against that defense. And they have the perfect combination of what the Giants did to Tom Brady in 07 and 2012. They can get pressure with the front four have seven back, and when you got Jalen Ramsey, even though you're missing a couple safeties, I, I think that's who's going to surprise the NFL. All right. I'm just going to take the easy answer. I think it's Joe Burrow taking down the number one seed Titans. And he's clearly been on a roll, not just in the like in his one playoff game, but close out the season, he's balled out. And, like, you really go look back at Joe Burrow's career in, like, big-time games. Like, this is who he is. Like, he balls out, and I think it's infectious to his team, and that confidence kind of permeates. So I think that not just them, but I think the Bengals are going to blow out the Titans, and I think that's going to be the biggest surprise, like when the weekend's over. So flip it around. Who's going to disappoint? The Steelers not in it, so we can't pick them. So You just said it. It's the Bengals. The Bengals and their fans are going to be disappointed. The ride is over. You talk about blowing out the Titans. How can you possibly say that? You've got to, you've got to dig deep here, JT. What do the Titans love to do? They love to run the ball. They love to be physical. They've got Derrick Henry coming back. The Bengals think they can hang and be physical in this and that on defense. Oh, the defense is improved. But 
they got banged up in that game against the Raiders on the defensive this line. True. Right. Henderson, um, I think Hendrickson got a concussion. He, he I, got clear. I, I think he'll clear by then. He he did get cleared today. We record uh, on Thursday here this this episode, episode ninety eight of JT and the Don on Sports Get Podcast. Little little plug. Yep, almost at triple digits. There so he go. he got cleared, but that doesn't mean he's going to be you know what he normally does. And on the other side, they lost another defensive lineman in that Raider game, and he's out for this game. So now your depth. Is is lost a little bit because you lost a starter. And well, here's the thing: the Titans uh, are going to run. I think they're going to dominate that that line and all that hype of the young guys. I told you this last week, and it almost caught up against against the Raiders. JT, if they played anyone else besides the Raiders, the Eagles, and the Steelers, they would have lost last week in the playoffs. Well, damn I mean, <laughs> but, but this is the thing: I've told you this. A young team like them has to go through growing pains. They have to go through their – they have to take their their bumps just the way Kansas City did with New England. Like, it has to happen, and it's going to happen. Did they really this... take their bumps, though, or did D4 just do some stupid shit? But that's my whole point. It's things like that. It's, when not, you... be, it's not because – but here's the thing. I, I see where you're going with But that's point. my whole theory, point. Those no, things no, no, are going to happen. But, Since theory, he almost... but in, theory, in theory, you can be right in some situations. But let's be, let's be honest. Like, the Chiefs beat the Patriots in that game. Like, D4 did some dumb stuff. He wasn't a young guy. So. But that's my whole point. Sometimes when that moment comes and you need to make that play, you need to do the right thing, and guess what happens? All you, right. You don't. That's going to catch up with Cincy somewhere along the line. Here. They All were right, not Bobo. impressive All against right, the Raiders. We get it. We get it. So, so the Bengals ain't who you got disappoint. They, they got? ain't ready. And then you just hate on them because they ain't ready. Bitch. That's right. That's the quote of the show. They ain't ready. Go they ahead. Ain't ready. Who you got? Funny thing is, I'm actually going to go with your boys, the Chiefs. And to me, this is what I can't wrap my hand my head around. To me, on offense, they still seem broken, and everybody's still trying to convince me this is 2019. And this isn't the same team that could be down by 24 and then come back and win by 21. Like that's not this team. And I look at two things that they still don't have that tells me that they can move on the playoffs confidently still can't run the ball. And also their defense still isn't elite elite. And when I look at those, they were lucky to draw the Steelers in round one, talking about who could have played who, like they were lucky to draw you guys in the first round. And I'm just not convinced that the chiefs, are just this automatic, you know, just lock it win. Like they could be the team that disappoints. All right, no, no uh, comments from the peanut gallery. Love it. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so let's get to the real question. All right, win, lose, or draw. Which player has the most pressure on them going into this weekend, or team? Like, who has the most pressure? I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Good. He, okay, we agree on something. Finally, he, it only took us fifty minutes into this damn show. Oh, we're not that far in. He. It's a bad matchup for them. The, the Packers are on upset Can alert. Can you give me my props? Because I've been calling this for weeks. I, t- I told you this is a bad matchup for them. And this, yeah, is, I, this was, this was the, thing, sure this the thing they were going to be worried about. I said this almost over a month ago. I'm pretty sure we've, we've agreed. And the, the 49ers have always been that Achilles heel to Aaron Rodgers. Oh, yeah. Always has been. Now, it's the most pressure because – a lot of things, JT, all the offseason drama, right, of the trade. Does he get traded? He wants to move on. He's done with the COVID gate. COVID situation, not being vaccinated. But being all- immunized. <laughs> You've got only one Super Bowl appearance. 
You're probably the MVP. So now we're just adding things onto your shoulder. You're probably going to win MVP. Do you show up as an MVP? You lost to Tom Brady last year, and some people felt you choked, especially at the end. So can you, you at least got to get back to the NFC title game. And if they get bounced, you know what's going to happen. All of that's going to fall on him. It's not going to be because of LaFleur. It's that. not going to be because of Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams or the defense didn't play. You're the quarterback. All those things I just brought up, you've got to perform, not only perform, but your team's got to win. Yeah, I agree with you. And it's not even that you have to perform. you got to perform at home. Like, how many times are they going to blow home field advantage in the playoffs? And for all the guys, like, I know we don't like him as a person, but I still respect Aaron Rodgers' game. And I feel like it's getting really hard for people to continually try to push him into the greatest of all time conversation just based on talent alone, like, got to win some games to keep that conversation going and he has amazing stats during the regular season but so did Peyton Manning and when Peyton Manning kept choking like with those 12 plus win seasons at home and start losing those playoff games like people started looking at him sideways losing games to Brady and Belichick until he started winning those two Super Bowls so I'm sorry like if Aaron Rodgers loses this game like it's gonna be just like that you know you're a great regular season guy, but like you're not a goat. Like Ben Roethlisberger has more Super Bowl wins than you. Like he got it done. Joe Flacco has looked better in the playoffs in his one run than you have looked. So he is like without a doubt under the most pressure. And like we'll we'll get to whether you can hold up to it. But I almost feel kind of bad for him because like this amount of pressure is not even fair. He makes Give us a, he, no, he, make, he makes over a hundred million. Right, he's gonna be MVP. He don't care. Yeah, do we really gotta feel bad for him? I don't know about that. I have a feeling I don't even have to ask this question. So we're gonna obviously give like one big storyline. Is Aaron Rodgers like your storyline that we're gonna be talking about on Monday morning? No, this is the reason why. Can I, I go th- first? Can I go first since we already talked about him? Sure. I'm gonna be real quick. I think Aaron Rodgers and the Packers squandering another home home playoff game. To the 49ers at Lambeau is going to be the story on Monday, and that's it. You could book it. I think that's going to be secondary because I think we're going to have an epic battle Sunday night. So it's the last game of the weekend. It's going to be in fresh in everyone's mind. It's going to be an instant classic between the Bills, Chiefs. This is really the AFC title game, I think, even though the Titans and Bengals may not agree, but good thing we don't have to play them. Mahomes, Josh Allen. Right. Like the two young Bro, studs of the would, AFC you pay to go to this game. Like this it, is going to be insane. It's in Arrowhead Bill's defense. A lot of people say that they have the best back seven in the league against that explosive Chiefs passing game, which JT doesn't believe in. But I'm still not going to bet against Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill. Hey, your guy, Jarek McKinnon, made an appearance. He gives them that he gives them. That little bit of speed. Yeah, I almost, almost forgot. Jared McKinnon was still alive. What yeah, the hell is he, he doing wearing number one? He shouldn't he, be allowed to wear that number. He gives them that speed out of the backfield now. Josh Allen on the <laughs> Based road. This game preview on Jared McKinnon. Oh, I, I just I'm going through all of it. Obviously, it was Mahomes, you Josh Allen. The back end of the depth chart. I love. I love about some real players. What about I, Byron Pringle? I love how you took. Of the 20 things I listed great about this game, you took number 21 when the first thing I said was Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Like, did you forget I said that? You you did. That's okay. That's all right. Anyway, listen, possibly the best game of the year. 
I think it's going to be a game people talk about for a long time that determines really the outcome of the playoffs and who gets to the Super Bowl. Real quick before we move on, do you think this Sunday night game is going to end up being better than that? Uh, it was like a Thursday night Rams, um, Chiefs. The Rams Chiefs. Or it was, it was like a, that was a Monday. If, that was a Monday yeah, night Monday game night. at, at the Coliseum. At the Coliseum. I, I think it will just because of the what's on the line here. What's on the line and. You know, that was Jared Goff. This is Josh Allen on the I mean, other Jared side. Goff did his thing now. Like. He did. He did, but it was more about the, the L.A. offense. Yeah. I think we're going to see two quarterbacks in a true duel, right? True, a true, true duel, like the old school Montana Marino type, you know, type duels. So that's what I think it'll be. Before we leave, we've got to give our weekend predictions, even though you can start to see where yeah, JT and I are going let's, on some let's of these. get them in the books. All right. Let's let's lock it in. First game, Bengals at Titans. I'm not a hater like you. I got the hat in the closet. It's the Bengals. Ooh, you're going to have to keep that in the closet because you're going to be ashamed to wear it when the Titans win that game. I've got the Titans. Foreman goes for 200 yards. I've got Hey, Derrick Henry's back, buddy. 49ers at Packers. I think we're going to agree on this one, though. Yeah, it's the Niners. I'm going to agree. I think. Nick Bosa maybe not playing could could affect which I, I way saw, I go. I saw something right before we jumped on. Shanahan said he's, he's looking good to go. So All right. Well, that's a good sign for the 49ers. So we both take the 49ers there. Rams at Buccaneers. You know what? I'm going to jump on don't, you a little bit. Don't do it. You're going to jinx me. I want to jump on you a little bit. You're going to jinx me. It's the Rams. And I'm only going to say this because you trashed uh, the kid uh, Vaughn, the running back for the Bucs, like they can't run the ball. And I think that's why they got in trouble the first time they played the Rams earlier this season, the loss, it was just Tom Brady throwing it. Like if you can't run the ball in this type of game, like it lessens your chance to win. Well, I think if the Rams stick to what they did against the Cardinals, you got to stay committed. I don't care if the running game's not always working, stay committed to it. If Cam Akers, one Achilles and all is coming out, look at the way he looked at that game. Like I don't even think this game is going to be competitive because he looks like, like he's a like a fresh rookie right now. Like that's insane. So he's it, definitely going to be a big factor in this game. And that front four of the Rams is what I like. I think they can get pressure without blitzing, and and Brady's not going to be able to move around um, as much. And then so we've both got the Rams there. So the NFC we agree. I think the AFC is where we differ. Bills at Chiefs Sunday night game. It's going to be the game of the weekend. Shout out to my boy Germ. Look, I'm trusting you and your boy in this situation. Josh Allen will get this done. You know, this is a tough one to call. Yeah, because you got to put your money where you're I do. I do. so great about Jared McKinnon. Go ahead and book it, Chiefs, right? (laughs) I'm going to go Chiefs. I'm going to go Chiefs. I think they're going to have just enough being at home. And, JT, what did I always say was the weakness of the Bills? And I think that it may catch up to them again. You got to be able to run the ball in the playoffs, on the road. Well, neither of these teams can run. But that's At least my... Josh Allen can run. So that, that's, that could be a running game for, but, for them. So, But that's my point is you get up, they've got to be able to keep Mahomes off. The, the less possessions you saw in that Steeler game, if the Steelers were able to score 10, 14 points, all of a sudden now Mahomes feels that pressure and has to start to try to make plays. But – I'm going to go what I've been saying. I'm going to go with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. So that's what it is. NFC, we agree. AFC, we disagree. Man, I hope I'm right. 
I hope I'm right. Bro, you have every you have every hat in your closet except the dolphins and the canes. Can I do I have a dolphins hat. Every time I can wear I a get dolphins, a you act like it don't exist. I wore a dolphins hat like three shows what? ago. Can I get a canes and hat? And I wore a dolphins jersey. Can I get a canes hat? Can you wear uh, one for once? It. I lost yeah. it in my mind. You, you only have one. You've got 10 Bengal I had hats. two, actually. You've got 10 Raven hats. you got no cane. You, I got one you know Raven what? hat. You know what? Right We're done. Show's it. over. Show's over. Show's over. So, fans, thank you for listening, as always. And remember to please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you listen to all of your other favorite podcast and remember if you like what we do leave us a five-star review and jt if you don't like what we do leave us a five-star review and also please follow us on social media our handle jt and the don we are on instagram twitter and facebook so once again thank you for listening to jt and don jt and the don all sports podcast episode number 98 getting up there in age we we are jt great episode man Until the next episode, see you. Peace.